Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my very special guest, Kimberly Braun. Now, would you believe that this exuberant, high-energy, incredibly intuitive, inspirational, invigorating woman was once a nun? Mm. Doesn't kind of relate, does it? But indeed she was. And what we're going to be talking about today is how she was a Camelite nun, how she left that and took a different path, another journey. And she's written several books. Her latest one is Love Calls, uh, The Insights of a Former uh, Camelite Nun. But she is out there on the road. She's built a church. Um, she's built a beautiful place where you can come to and meditate and and tune in to uh, to God, to your spirit, to yourself, to your soul, to your heart, um, finding your own journey, finding your own voice within yourself um, through that connection. And uh, she's out at the present moment, kind of literally touring um, America and, and Canada and just out there switching as many people as she can on purely through her exuberance, through her love of what she's doing, through the love of life. I think the key that you will find with um, Kimberly more important than anything else, yes, there's the love of God, but there's the love of God through living life because that's what we're here for, folks. That age-old question, you know, what's life all about? It's about living. It's about participating. It's about enjoying. It's about being invigorated by life. It's about participating and enabling others in your community as well. So it's not about sit back and thinking about life. It's about getting out and living it. And she certainly has done that. And we're going to be taking this journey with her today to, to discover all these many roads that she's taken and the why, where she is now, and what is in the future. So let's get on with the show. Welcome, Kimberly. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Great to be with you this morning. Now, I know that you're, you're on the road at the present moment. You've been to quite a number of places already and that you're having a yeah. load of fun doing it. Yes, completely. I, I was about six weeks in the Northeast, in Boston and New York City and Baltimore and lots of other places. And then I swept through the Midwest. I was in Lexington and Cincinnati and Indianapolis and Tulsa, Oklahoma. And from Tulsa, now my partner and I, he joined me for a little bit. We're on our way to the Pacific Northwest where I will be uh, through mid-September where my last event is in Seattle. Lovely. And a great so. city, Seattle. You'll really get great response there. Um, you know, so like, let's wind the clock back. Um, what is a Camelite nun? Uh, you were a nun for 10 years. What was it in your youth that took you down that path? And that, you know, you were there for 10 years, so you were really committed. You probably thought you were going to be there forever. So before the catalyst of what changed you into taking a different direction, why become a nun? Absolutely. I mean, it's a great question, especially since I always had a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things aren't meant to be great. <laughs> well, I, the, the, the pivotal experiences happened when I was really little. And I had a lot of uh, experiences out in nature, also with ritual. My mom and dad were very involved in the charismatic movement in the Catholic Church, which was about spontaneous prayer and 
opening to experiencing love and healing. And with family, ritual, and nature, I found myself very absorbed into stillness. And in that stillness, I found there was an incredible dance, a dance of life happening in the world, a dance of like the trees dancing and this aliveness. And and in that, my insight was that all is part of this eternal spark, this life force. And that stayed very clear within me all my life. Uh, it grew, I went through dark places with it, but it brought me to new places of insight of what it means to be a human being. And in my late teens, my experiences became very dramatic. I was spending not just a half hour in meditation, I was so on fire with love, with divine love, that I would immerse myself into solitude and be communing for hours, three hours at a time, four hours at a time, that would feel like five minutes. And it was a very ecstatic experience. It felt like there were waves of deliciousness running through my body. Mm. It, was, it was like, to, for lack of better language, it was like making love with God. <laughs> right, an ethoria. That's and, what that ethoria is about, isn't it? Yes, and we all have it in different ways, and for me, the solitude was the greatest catalyst, and it was very natural. I became aware of the Carmelite mystics, Teresa Avila, Teresa of Lisieux, John of the Cross, and many others, and I felt a very deep friendship with them. So joining a Carmelite monastery, becoming a Carmelite nun, felt like I was joining a group of friends, and the monastic life is one that's lived in silence. The sounds are nature and chant. We would just speak once a day, but other than that, your whole being would be penetrated by our chant and by the sounds of nature, which I found incredibly illuminating. So being a Carmelite was natural for me. I did think I was going to be there forever. You're so right. <laughs> when I took solemn vows, I never looked back. I mean, my eyes were like, choo, straight forward. I looked at the whole world as a Carmelite. So uh, where it wasn't a decision that I made, like many people think, of like, I want to grow or I want to have discipline or I, I didn't do it from a structural goal. I did it just because I felt so much love and I needed to be able to throw myself into those arms. Yes. I mean, there's so much that you can do in silence, but it's not being very productive as far as sharing that with other people, is it? Right. In in a verbal way, not at all. But in an energetic way, I've always found that we're, we're connected in so many other ways, and that communication can take place uh, in much other form. But so, sometimes I think you uh, need to articulate that energy so people actually understand what it is. You know, they kind of yes. feel something, they sense something. But if there isn't kind of an explanation with it, they don't know what to do with that energy. They don't know where it comes from or, you know, how it's gathering them forward or how they can actually use it or, you know, participate in it. Is that, um, I, you know, completely and utterly believe in, in um, you know, energy having a beautiful volume and uh, we can resonate it out to people and uh, they can feel it and it can heal you know, mind, bodies, and soul, and spirit. Um, but I do think human beings need the dialogue. They need the words, the understanding, something they can grasp, because not everybody can just 
feel the resonance of it. Right. I, I do think that words are a great gift given to us. So that, The right that's words, true. of course. <laughs> yes, I know. Words can also limit us, yeah. can't they? Placing judgments and conditioning upon us. Ignorance. But right. Yeah. yeah. Words can infuse. Yes, know. and they can be the gift of, mm. of light, which is which is absolutely beautiful. So obviously, you needed to speak everything that you knew. So that was your next part of your journey. Yes, and I don't know that it was clear that sense of a mission or a call or a cause. Uh, there was simply an inner intuition that happened that. Uh, it wasn't a mental realization, but I think your listeners would understand when we have a knowing. Yeah. There was just something happened, and I realized that my container that I was in had served me to continue to grow and be faithful to my journey, and it was no longer a container that I sit in anymore. Mm -hmm. My mystical experiences were taking me beyond that container. And uh, so it was a very simple and peaceful realization, and, and an unexpected one. So I don't know that outwardly I knew what that meant, like, oh, I'm going to go speak, or right. I'm going to go leave, or I'm going to... But there was just simply an awareness that I needed to move in order to be continually faithful to the inner the inner commitment to the divine mm-hmm. uh, basically you were taking it up another level you know it's uh, yeah. now to spread the word and spread that vibration you know uh, share those good vibrations <laughs> totally totally so right right I would love for everyone to taste uh, much of what I've got to taste in in the consistency of monastic life and I think it's possible for all of us in our chosen lifestyles to live more and more from that place. I think it's absolutely central as human beings is that we learn to be still and quiet. You know, everybody is yes. asking for answers. You know, give me an answer. What am I meant to do? Show me the way. And basically, it's shut up and be still. The answer will come to you. And it's not like, you know, the that great little picture of somebody in a meditative pose, come on meditation, I haven't got all day. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> right. we really right. do have to invest the time, don't we? And and be still right. and allow the universe to speak to us. It can't speak to us with all this noise and static going on. Right. I, I love this quote in uh, Janet O'Connor's book, The Lotus and the Lily. She does phenomenal soul writing retreats. She said, questions open us, answers fill us. And when we are still, it's as though we begin to embody an open question where the answer that's already within can rush to fill that space. Mm. Yeah. And we're always trying to fill spaces, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It's a security, a security yeah. box. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can't have a hole in there. We can't have a gap in there. And it's, uh, you know, you talked about that knowing, oh, that beautiful sense of knowingness. And, you know, it's for me, it's 
the knowingness comes from the soul around the belly area goes to the heart and resonance of its truth because you know it's soul divine knowledge coming into the heart the heart resonates with it gives it to the spirit to go into action and then the mind knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it you're in knowingness which is no doubt no fear no question you simply know it's a beautiful state to be in but it's very very hard for other people who aren't in it or haven't been in it to understand its empowerment yes it's true i agree with you wholeheartedly and yet there's this kind of inner nagging of the of spirit i always you know we, we never really get off the hook even if we're feeling uh confused or uh tenuous about stepping into the unknown or allowing there to be real space uh without certainty uh, even when that's uncomfortable and we choose to fill it with things less satisfying, ultimately, spirit keeps little kinds of little nudges mm -hmm. that uh, don't let us off the hook. <laughs> yes. Keep <laughs> Which you on track. Great. Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, I imagine coming from your world of stillness and quiet, you know, and, and silence and, and just being, you know, I mean, I, I know as a spiritual being having a human experience, you know, it's very hard for me to have a human experience because there is so much discord and hate and and fear and everything here. And, you know, being up in in that beautiful divine where everything is just pure, beautiful energy and you just fly with it. I mean, it really is quite exquisite. And unless you've been there, you have absolutely no idea um, how absolutely glorious it is very hard to come back to kind of earth and go okay now I'm going to bring this spirit with me and try and share it with the world when the world is still busy fighting you know everything around themselves yes it, it's difficult if you focus on the desire to have a certain effect mm -hmm. it's difficult if, if I have an expectation of what that's supposed to look like uh, it's not difficult if it's simply a matter of being true to who you are. And uh, that's what I feel incredibly blessed with is that being reduced to the point of, okay, life is only about this, then there's really no moving away from that. It's just a matter of being who I am and helping people be who they are. And for unknown reasons, our world has a lot of layers. And as much as we hear words that resonate with us and give us real deep insight, at the same time, we find that that's never enough to effect the change we may want within to embody wholeness or, or spirit or live to our potential. We have layers. And I... I like to think that the layers are somehow this eternal unfolding and that even in the face of the heat and the dark and the, the pieces that are so uprooting and scary, that somehow this is, this is just simply creation working out its groanings as it moves mm. towards fulfillment. So I'm, I'm this eternal optimist. When it comes to yes. when it comes to those things, you know, which at least makes my world happy. <laughs> well, um, you have but, to be true to your world, otherwise you're misrepresenting your entire being. So you you know that yeah. the thing is, we you know, I would say to people who who basically have awoken mm -hmm. to being you know the, the spiritual leaders, the spiritual teachers, um, 
and it's there's still a little bit of an apology there and as that's gotta go you you know you have to totally embrace the gift of who you are and why you're here mm. um because if you're apologetic for it it's certainly not going to be inviting others you know it's going to be something right. to be apologizing about and um you know there is no getting away from it is it is there you cannot have a beautiful quality of life without embracing your soul you right. you cannot avoid that divineness it's it's what drives us it's what intricately everything that we're made up of and to deny it um is something that we're literally kind of denying our own breath in many ways yes it is i think that's a great metaphor denying our own breath uh so much truth there and uh and and so much relief when we rest into the breath that we are yeah great great Mm -hmm. wisdom there i love that uh, but definitely leaving the monastery was uh, stepping out into chaos. And I almost felt like I was a little, almost like a one-year-old baby. You know, <laughs> babies are born into the world, and they're like these blank slates, and they're wide-eyed, and they're just taking it all in. And I had come to a place where I had no filters anymore because I didn't need them. <laughs> right. So, so when I first left... It, there was an abrasiveness to culture that I had to really uh, buck up and and fortify myself in the face of the the level of stimulation alone uh, was incredible. Things coming at us, trying to demand or hook our attention, is is grown to exponential proportions. I think we oversaturate ourselves, don't we? You know, everything is just overload. And uh, you know, our systems just don't particularly like that. We are, you know, those beautiful central beings that really do need to to be still and be quiet and be tuned in. And with all of this overload, you know, our systems never seem to be able to kind of shut down and, and regroup and kind of work from the core. Yes, yes, I agree, I agree. Oh, the conundrum. <laughs> 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 I mean, a lot of people still think oh. that meditation is, you know, you know, all for for uh, granola bar and yogurt eating people, and you know they don't realize is that if you want to have that sense of peace in life, or a focus in life, or you want to be the best that you want to be in life, you really have to do go go to that meditative st- state of stillness where you can actually hear the guidance of uh, your yeah. journey come to you, and and you're not going to hear it by. I have an appointment, you know, uh, at, at at three, and uh, the information's going to come in there, and it better hurry up and be in short, you know, short uh, print. Uh, you know, it doesn't work like that. You you've really got to find that space in your day where you allow nothing else but this attunement. Yes, I'm with you. I love I I teach meditation uh, all of the time now for the past fourteen years. And I love seeing individuals that think that they cannot do that, that it's not possible, come to realize that actually it's, a, it's just a development of a faculty we already have. It's not becoming something we're not, but we have within us the ability to be present. And like we work out a muscle in a gym, we can work out the muscles of that faculty to cultivate presence. And sometimes people will come 
wanting to hear in a very dramatic way. I want to like hear a whisper in my ear that will tell me exactly what I meant to do. And more often than not, the 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 cultivation that happens in presence, meditation being a powerful tool, is simply a refashioning of ourselves, uh, a subtle shifting of our neural pathways, of the openness of our hearts, of the healing of where we have boundaries and division that don't need to be there. And as that all heals and transforms, that knowingness comes oftentimes in just very subtle, simple ways, much more organic because we are of nature and nature in its truest form is very organic. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, I was watching a, a, a movie the other day with, you know, yet another android being created. And, and you know, what's so funny is, you know, they're, they're making these androids to do the things we don't want to do, so-called the menial jobs or, you know, all the things <laughs> we're too lazy to do, right? But then there's such an emphasis to make the android look human. And then the more human it becomes and the more it learns from us because it learns fa much faster, becomes more human than we are, you know, and it's we kind of, I feel that is such a kind of a metaphor for where we are in life at the present moment. We're all trying to be so human and forgetting the humanness lies within us. Yes, I love that. And that, gosh, what a wonderful insight. I don't watch that many movies and I, I have seen a few little excerpts here and there though of this this whole development it seems like an unconscious move of us as human beings to be creating uh, mechanical devices that are becoming what we want to become <laughs> yes <laughs> why don't we just simply become it you know <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know it's we're constantly trying to escape ourselves and find ourselves mm. but we're finding trying to find ourselves elsewhere and it, we can't. There is nowhere else to find yourself. You can go to a, a place of good vibration. You can go to a place where you can find your stillness and your peace. But that inner divineness, that inner knowingness, that inner peace, that tranquility with yourself uh, and living life abundantly all comes from within. And the only way you're ever, ever going to find that is if you are still enough to go in and connect and listen to what the divine is telling you, you know, showing you of all the beauty that you are and what you're here for. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I know that you're doing a tremendous job in contributing by uh, cheerleading and celebrating all of us. We're all on this desire to talk about these things, to bring our own sorts of gifts and techniques to the fore and and I'm, I'm, I'm deeply moved by the level of your passion in hearing and noticing people that are out there and drawing us together like a, a virtual community to stoke that fire so that we can do it. We can become full human beings. My symphony. <laughs> Everybody brings a different instrument to the symphony, and you know we just yes. keep, we keep making beautiful music, you know, and we keep adding another instrument and another conductor, and and it's just, you know, we 
the volume is being turned up and you know the more people like yourself that I interview and that people hear the more they realize you know that the path isn't so hard there are some very simple techniques breathing for one learning to breathe yeah. you know um, and calm down and and tap in everything has been given to us hasn't it it's all been given to us yes it is we have it all within us we have all of that possibility within us and I, I love breathing as a body-centered way of experiencing the magnitude of, of who we are as a human being I have to admit it was not my entry point my entry point was not body-centered uh, as I grew in stillness but the more and more workshops and retreats I lead and participate in uh, the more esteem I have for the body-centered practices that ground us first and then open to what's beyond the physical. So, yeah, breathing is definitely one of those one of those great gems. <laughs> yes, and so completely. Um, I think you know that old saying of "take a breath," you know, is um, is is mm. so completely. It, it is so important, you know, that take a breath. Yes, we need to do that. Um, it's so very, very important just to gather our thoughts, to gather our feelings, to understand, you know, maybe what's got us out of breath. And when we learn to slow down and take a breath, everything about you kind of slows down and you see things in a different way. And you perhaps don't react the way you would have reacted, you know, had you not taken a breath. And you kind of, okay, that's not worth getting upset about. Or, you know, with the deep breath, I can see things more clearly and what I need to do. It's such an in a simple art, but it at the same time can answer so many things, can't it? Definitely, definitely. Are you a, a breath person? Do you use breath often? You know, the funny thing is, is that I'm actually um, asthmatic. And so breathing for me has always been something I've had to be mindful over. Yet I am a person that seems to hold my breath a great deal. And I have to catch myself in holding my breath and being that complete... I don't know, sometimes it's almost my form of stillness, you know, and then letting it out. Um, I, I think I think if you, when you've had some asthma attacks and you're gasping for breath, you're more mindful yeah. of breath and, and exactly how much breath can release or, you know, or, um, or stimulate, depending on what you're needing to do. Yes, I love that. And I love even uh, just taking a day and noticing any time I held my breath, and even just in the noticing, in the observation, immediately stillness comes. It's stepping away from the stress, conscious or unconscious, that's leading to holding the breath. Just observing, even if you're still holding the breath for a moment, plunges you right into presence. It's mm. so powerful. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I came there. There, they, you just said a, a beautiful word. A word, simple. Again, as human beings, we want to overcomplicate. We want to overarticulate. Mm. We want to overeducate. And when it comes down to it, you know, the tools that we've been given are all very, very simple, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. They always come down to very simple things. And part of us likes uh, the complicatedness. <laughs> and if, it's, if it's not hard, it's not worth doing. You know, we've got yeah. all that collective consciousness. <laughs> yeah. 
no pain, no gain. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> yes. Well, if I don't get it, therefore it must be very profound. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, you look at you look at somebody like Stephen Hawkins. You know, kind of mm-hmm. his theory on the black hole, and then disproving his theory on it to just show actually it is quite yes. simply you know the life coming in and going out and it's you know it's um sometimes that sometimes you have some people out there that are trying to overcomplicate things in their teachings because they want to keep being kind of the mentor you know up on that kind of pedestal and uh, make people dependent on the teacher um, where the best kind of teacher is the ones that show people the simple road of the simple applications to living their lives and then just sends them the breath of positive energy and sends them on their way. You know, I think that's yes. really um, the simplicity of it, right? You don't want people dependent on you. You want to be able to give them no. the tools so they can be dependent on themselves. Absolutely. To, to shine a light on where the true guide can be found. Yes, exactly. Yes. So basically yes. before where people would come to your church, you know now you are that church going to the people. Yes, that's a great way to put it. That's very true. Uh, and I, it, most specifically now with the book tour, I will go anywhere for free anybody wants me to come. So <laughs> if it fits in my schedule... People can call me up and say, "Hey, will you come to my house? I want to have some people over." Or <laughs> so right now, I'm 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 doing it that way, but it's definitely taken a lot of different shapes and forms over the past 14 years. And it is the knowing that I just want to celebrate the guide within each person. Uh, so how blessed am I to mm-hmm. get to uh, look deeply and hear? the greatness within the human beings that I'm meeting and spending time with. And so I always walk away very nurtured. <laughs> well, because you have that beautiful insight, and I would imagine that you see less of an outside of a person, more of the inside. Um, yes. You know, as a, a spiritual counselor through the years, what I used to see was the turmoil. Um, you know, the constant, um, you know, mesh of emotions going around and people really g- paralyzing themselves in fear, unable to unfred those emotions. Uh, it's not a path I wish to do anymore. I did it for 40 years. I love now, as you said, celebrating the people that are out there doing it um, with all the beautiful, unique tools. But I can tell you, every single body comes down to meditation and breath <laughs> and belief. Yeah. Um, it, you know, everybody has that fundamental um, and by going out there and having that gift to be able to see that person's soul, that heart, and just kind of go in there and calm them down and switch on that light, you know, because you can't do any walking for them. You can't do any living for them. All you can do is just show them the path and the way so they can do it for themselves. Yes, and it's going back to this notion of solitude, I find it's an incredibly powerful word because it's such a paradox. Uh, I love to think of myself and invite others to think of somebody that they regard as an incredible embodiment of goodness. Mm -hmm. It could be anything from Mother Teresa to Gandhi to just anyone that, that seems to be that light. And 
if you look at them and envision them with your eyes closed, they always seem very solitary, almost mm. like they're a singular column of light. They're standing there like a rock in a pillar. And yet at the same time that we're hit with their, their greatness in, as an individual, they have the greatest level of connection to humanity. All of these people that we might think of not only were living that out in a way that stretched beyond their physical country during their lifetimes, but they continued to touch with the resonance of who they were beyond their years. Yes. And I love that paradox of when we are the light, there's something that demands solitude to, to recognize that we are the only ones on our journey, that as much community as we have, as much connection and friendship we may have, that ultimately our journey is in solitude. But by virtue of living that out, we find ourselves even more connected. We shed the superficial ways we connect with the world for reasons of security, and we come to a deeper way of being connected, which means we feel less and less alone yeah. as we're solitary. So, yeah. I, I get commented by people of that, how mm. alone I am. Um, uh. And it is, but I'm not. You know, I don't have a lot of people around me. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not out there kind of having to see people or be a part of groups or this or that every day. Um yeah, I live a very, I suppose, to some people, lonely life, but I don't feel alone because I'm living mm. in my divine purpose. And with that, you are always with a source of energy that is with you. Yes. Yes, a lovely way to phrase that. Thank you. Mm. This, uh, I know you're not a movie person, but I'm sure you've heard of Robin Williams. <laughs> I love Robin Williams. I actually do love movies. I just tend to not see them very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one, before we get to Robin, one I have to say that you have to go and see is Inside Out. It's an animated children's story that I think every adult should go and see because it's discussing the emotions that we have within us and not to suppress our emotions, allow our emotions to be because they reflect what's going on, but how to balance them not let any one emotion take over the other and it's a, a beautiful um i think beautiful teaching and uh, you know kids are going to get one thing out of it but adults need to see it to give them permission to let their emotions be but you know that's what leads me to robin williams i mean look at him he could be a serious actor a sinister actor the comedian a la carte i mean just it's supreme but he was when you talk about the loneliness he was a person very much I won't. I would say sometimes trapped in his world, but other times, you know, his gift was his world, and only he could live in it the way he did. Um, and sometimes it was torture, and sometimes it was pure divine. It was that fine line. But he's another one of those people that that light that and what he brought to people, to what he brought to us, was such a lovely gift. Yes, I think that's. I think that's. Uh really well put. I know that when he when he did pass, um, he I, I didn't follow very much really, really what happened. I know there was a lot of investigation and uh, but those couple interviews I saw with him earlier on, it struck me how very sensitive he was by nature. Mm -hmm. And he he would use his comedy of 
kind of jumping into other voices as a way of expressing more of the emotion yes. that he was impressed with, but he could do it in a way then that would make you laugh, so it, it wasn't so vulnerable. And it always struck me that, wow, he must be incredibly sensitive that he would be cautious to just be outrightly vulnerable and, you know, give the message of what he has to say, uh, but do it in a way that makes it a little lighter. Yes. I mean, you've got quite a number of them. I mean, Jim Carrey, another actor like that, but uh, I don't know if you've seen any of his his YouTubes, uh, you know, the... I think maybe he learned from Robin, but you know, it's he can be completely over the top and really wild as well and full of expression. But there is such a a um, kind of a profound divine intellect in him that when he speaks, mm-hmm. you can you know that he's speaking from that core. And I think for for mm-hmm. a lot of people that live in that kind of world where it can be traumatic or turmoiled, they have a better understanding of what that beauty of peace and stillness is and the truth is, because. That's always what they're trying to balance, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean we could look at that yeah. turmoil within ourselves. You know, it's um, we're not all going to be, you know, the the Mother Teresa's or you know, or, you know, of the world. Where we have to do what we can do, and not always measure ourselves by what somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, authenticity. I love the word authenticity. Yes. I find that if I if I can each day take each step with an authenticity, say each word with an authenticity, it gives me what I would like to aspire into more and more. Uh, and well, to be exactly who you are in every word is incredible. <laughs> if you can't speak your truth in your own authenticity, in your own belief, then who the hell is ever going to believe you? I think one of the saddest things is how people lie to themselves. Because when you lie to yourself, you're actually lying to everybody else as well. And that truth, and it's, you know, people think that facing your truth is is to face your failures. Uh, No, it's just clearly that's not the path you're meant to take. Why don't you celebrate the things you can do and that you're meant to be doing? Stop looking at the things that you haven't done or didn't achieve. Yes, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent It's it's constantly moving away from what the, what glitters, uh, what catches the eye. I guess as a metaphor, and uh, we we can tend to look so much outside of ourselves. I love, love uh, Augustine of Hippos when he finally found God within. He says these words that I I think that as we live more and more from the inside out, (laughs) we can say too, with truth, Uh, I'm paraphrasing, he said, late have I loved you, beauty ever ancient, ever new, late have I loved you, I ran through the world, I searched for you, I shouted in the streets, and you shattered my deafness, I finally heard and found that you were already always within. Mm-hmm. Always within. We really have to stop chasing everything that's on the outside and learn to be still. If, if any mentor, teacher, 
Gaida that you need to find is somebody that can help you to be still so that you can hear from the inside out. Um, mm. That is where all the answers are, aren't they? Yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and I invite all your listeners to kind of postulate that that may be so. Give it a go. Enter the adventure and see if it's so. <laughs> well, you know, I've done several hundred shows now, and I will tell you the common denominator mm. on anybody on any teachings is breathing meditation being still uh, going into that meditation and and different types of meditation you know not everything does have to be kind of cross-legged and in that hum position you know for some people the meditation may be going for a walk in nature um you know maybe uh, you know that hike up the top of the mountains maybe swimming you know feeling the beautiful energy in the water you have to find that place is where you can be still and in tuned and that you know you feel that love um, you've just got to take the journey to find out what it is that allows you to go in and connect with your divine source. Yes, yes. And it is fair that it's wide and varied for us. Uh, we continue to want to make it cookie cutter so we can know what to expect and know what we're stepping into. But the real power and the real juice is finding that because we are individuals, we're, I like to say that we're a localized expression of the divine, that that path is going to be incredibly unique and what what works for you may not work for me. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the magnificence of it. Yes. Uh, it's a scary part, but it's magnificent too. Yes, yeah, not a one size fits all, is it? No, no. And that's what I've loved with not being um, part of any denomination anymore. I love witnessing and helping people find a meditation practice that actually works for them. Mm-hmm. I've had many people come to me that said, oh, I tried this meditation. It didn't work. I knew I couldn't ever meditate, only to find that the style they had chosen or the technique or the tradition they had chosen just wasn't good for their temperament or personality yeah. or physical makeup. And what a relief it is for all of us to find like, oh, I can actually do it in a way that works for me. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's a, it, you have to, I think, you know, one of the things I think that people have to do is actually get to know who they are. You know, they're so yes. busy living life's expectation and dictation on who they should be. The, the common denominator, I think, of everybody's problem is they don't know who they are. How do you know what your purpose is? How can you be tuned into yeah. your calling if you are so busy living in an assumption of what you should be? Get to know who you are and what you're here for. And that means listening to your passions, to the things that really drive you, that really you you know, really choose to be committed to. And, and uh, take that journey with them. See where they yeah. take you. It's quite I've, an adventure, isn't it? It is so much an adventure. I love uh, uh, what... It, well, we, we don't know what truly Jesus said or didn't say, but in John 14, uh, he says to his friends, you know the way. You know the way. He kept trying to nudge them. You know the way. And the response he got was, no, we don't know the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you just have to stand up and let your feet show you the way, right? Just get yes, walking. Absolutely. You'll be yeah, be get walking. Tune in, and suddenly you'll find yourself on the right path. 
Oh, wonderful. <laughs> you can't just sit and wait for directions. Sometimes we've got to drive around a little bit uh, and look for ourselves, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> well, now let's get on to the uh, other thing that you've done, which is quite amazing. And you have a beautiful YouTube talk, which actually tells the whole beautiful story, which is on the posting. Yes. But um, the monastery, you built a monastery. Yes, yes incredible it's 17,000 square foot that's the uh, air-conditioned space uh, mission style architecture uh, in Texas I did I, I experienced something quite traumatic because I had no general contractor or architectural education and I stepped in and found myself at the center point of this construction project and doing things I had never done before in my life with incredible ease. See, you followed a path and the instructions were there. <laughs> they were there, absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I love because the monastery, people look at pictures of that and it's so dramatic. They're like, holy cow. They look at it like, are you serious? And I was 29 when I started it and I love the dramatic uh, representation because as I said at the end of that TED talk, it's this is just a symbol of our greatness. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's great in and of itself, and sure the fact that I had no experience. And when I said yes and followed that path, everything I needed was given to me. Even, even the knowing, even the understanding, even the technical skills, all of those things were given to me, and all the right people fell into place to contribute and collaborate on that experience. Uh, so in a way, it was solitary for me, but it was so deeply interdependent, and all the gifts of the area came out. But as dramatic and powerful as that is, that's the type of greatness of yes that I believe we're we're all called to. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know the the paths you you know you you took a path and you didn't know you know. Uh, the what or the how but you understood the why and that's all you needed to know you knew it needed to be built so you just took the path and the people with the tools who knew the how were there all you had to do was share your vision and they knew how to make it happen and it was a collaboration of people being in tuned with one another and respecting that vision um, if if only we could get out of our own way you know, we'd realize that we could achieve such amazing things, but we've really got to get our ego and our fear and, and our insecurity and our need for, to to have everything kind of defined and refined and um, instructionalized. You know, it's it's all there within us, isn't it? It's all there if we just choose to walk the path. Yes, it's not only there, it's beckoning to us from yeah. my perspective. The name of my book, Love Calls, makes that assumption that within us there is this constant beckoning to enter into that that place, to get out of our own way and to step into our fullness. And it is a call that will never leave us. So even if we fail to answer the call in one moment, it doesn't mean that we can't answer the next. This is not a quantitative process, this growing into being a human being. 
It's just simply the quality of the moment. And in one moment of yes, everything in our entire world can shift. Yeah, I felt that when I started the radio station. I was asked to do a show. I'd been interviewed, never mm. had ever done a show before. The first one was a Monty Python skit. I mean, everything could go wrong, went wrong. Um, and, you know, with four years now, God knows, hundreds of interviews under my belt, it's, I realized it was the path that, you know, I was designed to take. Um, you know, and had I allowed fear to get in the way or had I allowed what I don't know what to do or I'm not qualified or other people won't think I'm qualified, uh, you know, I wouldn't be interviewing such fabulous people like you now. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, celebrating such, I mean, what I've learned in four years with the people I've interviewed of the absolutely spectacular, magnificent, incredible things that are being done by human beings for human beings and this planet. It gives you such mm. beautiful hope for this world, for the people in it, and the scales that are turning. And it's because they embrace their journey, they embrace their calling, they embrace their redirect, and they're living truthfully now in authenticity of what they're here for, what their meaningful purpose is. And it really is a beautiful time. Mm, I love that. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for stepping into that unknown, Sarah. Yay! <laughs> ditto, darling, ditto. I mean, this is the thing is, I'm sure when you look at that monastery afterwards and you go, you know, oh my God, you know, like, I, right. I did that. <laughs> Very humbling, for sure. Yes. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, just shows what, what we're capable of. I mean, just simply look at athletes, you know, and you think about the years of dedication and stuff that they do. And then you look out there, you know, um, you know, ski boarding off these great heights and jumps and loops and tunnels. And, you know, it's the, the limitation of what we can do is only in our in our own fear and our own barriers, isn't it? Yes, always. It, it, it's wonderful that even though that feels complicated because we confuse ourselves around it, we can, I think, come to the uh, simple point that it's basically fear yes. and, and self-imposed limitations. And there are so many understandable and compassionate reasons that we do that, uh, but it doesn't mean that that's not the final point. Is I I was just shared a uh, a movie an old movie I'm sure you're familiar with uh, with my with my partner defending your life yes 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 with, with Meryl Streep yes and yes I, I love the fact that you can eat as much as you like and never gain weight <laughs> yes yes and he's like stop serving the spaghetti I'm gonna look bad I'm gonna look bad <laughs> rescuing the cat and being the heroine yes exactly no, that, yes yeah. And, and and the whole point was that the moving on was simply a matter of are you living from fear or are you free from fear? Yeah. That that was the simple point. And if we want to use the word judge, which is harsh in our culture, the only eye upon our growth is fear. Have we let love come in and dissolve that fear so that we can use more of our brains and more of our hearts and move into new dimensions. I love how simple that movie puts it. <laughs> yes. And it's also really funny as well. So, you know, I love Meryl Streep. Oh, it's she hilarious. Said, 
she's fantastic at anything that she does. So, um, but and I think that's that's again. I think you know we, why do we love entertainment so much? You know why is a song so important to us? You know why do we remember these certain actors, and you know the gift that they've given us? It's because it always is a reflection on our own lives of either what we would love to do or who we would love to be, or you know touching some memory inside of us. But you know yeah. the one the one thing we don't do then is the the action in it, the participation in it. It isn't they don't do all of this just to kind of either just entertain you or inspire you. They're trying to inspire you into seeking out your own possibilities, you know, embracing what your divine purpose is, uh, being and challenging yourself to everything that lies within you that's waiting to come out. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a call to action. Yes, yes, a call to action, hopefully an igniting. Mm. I love that, yeah. that, move because ignites you light a match it's like oh, there's a combustion that happens and wow we could just live in that combustion uh ignited into that that's fantastic yes yeah. and of course you know for a lot of people i think one of the hardest things is maintaining that wonderful feeling they may find it you know that wonderful authoria they may find it but they don't know how to maintain it and that's where kind of things like that dedication to meditation comes in in order to kind of change your whole mindset reprogram the brain um, make sure that fear doesn't come knocking up the door you have to be very consistent in your in your um, belief structure through that meditation um, process don't you yes I think that that is where the notion of work comes uh, not to embrace something that's hard but to maintain the consistency so that the fruit can be a shift in who we are. I, I used to teach at a yoga studio, and there was this great quote on one of the walls that said, discipline is simply remembering what you want. Because mm. oh. I've never liked that word discipline. Yeah. It, it speaks of, of a hardship. Now that I thought was fantastic. Discipline to remembering what you want. Awesome. What do I need to do to remember what I want? reinforce it with meditation <laughs> yes exactly I mean everything is hard in transition because you are deprogramming you're letting know an old program that's really got hold of you that it no longer needs to exist and you're writing a new program and very often you don't even know what you need to put in this program um, because really you know we're kind of our brain is CPUs right it's it's just a you know a, yes. a, a program that's going on in there and you know a lot of our problem is that we're such habitual creatures that you know we're too scared to break that habit because you know about the unknown or I don't know what tomorrow is going to be well before yesterday happened did you know what yesterday was going to be you know <laughs> we've just got to be yeah. a little adventurous don't we Completely. That's such a great way again to look at it. I love I love how practical your wisdom is. <laughs> well, you know, I know how easy it is to for hooks to get into you. And uh, you know, like you know, um this a lot of it of course is um well I can't do this because of that or, or you know I might not placing myself up too high above if I want that and it's you know I'm always saying be abundant 
in every aspect of your life in your in your intellect in your spiritual divine in your energy in your love let your cup run over let it just pour over everybody within your vicinity because in everything that you are only can benefit everybody around you yes yes i love that uh there is a great phrase in the song of songs in the hebrew text towards the beginning uh and again i'm paraphrasing uh, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth draw me and we will run after you so if we let ourselves be drawn if we get taken up into the love affair the we will be we will follow you all the rest follows all the rest is influenced Mm -hmm. uh yes light light brings light (laughs) oh boy does it we Mm. want to be around joyful happy people don't we Yes. Because it lifts yes. us up and, you know, and, and it makes us feel good. And, you know, if we just hold on to that feeling more and go, you know, trust it, you can feel like this every day. Um, are you meant to be, you know, one thing you get a lot of people going, what I call sugar highs, you know, uh, getting people all rallying together and yes, I will. Or yes, there is. And, and everybody's up in this ethereal and this high energy. And then they go home and they crash just like a sugar cry. You need yes. to build it solidly, sturdily, foundationally, uh, so that it actually becomes more the oxygen to your veins, to your blood, um, and envelops your whole body, your whole being, and becomes something you are and not something you're doing. Yes. Yes. I love that. Making that shift. And then in the beingness, the stillness brings about beingness. In the beingness, the becoming, the movement piece, happens from that place. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, like, do you miss your nun life? Yes and no. Uh, there was a richness. There was an intensity in living that lifestyle. Uh, all the chant we chanted invoked different uh, elements and expressions in creation. Uh, there was a, a healthiness of living off the land. There was a sense of, even though we were in silence, a sense of real community and that we were supporting each other to be able to live the lifestyle. And I, I miss the richness of, mm-hmm. of how the ritual opened me up to uh, not only who I am, but what creation is about and what spirit is is how infused creation is a spirit and I, I miss the immediacy of that mm-hmm. um, so that part for sure oh my gosh in fact I have to be wary of going to monasteries because what happens is I don't want to leave it brings that living memory back so, so strong if I go to an ashram or a meditation center or the, <laughs> like I, I don't want to leave I don't want to leave and I know I'm meant to be doing what I'm doing so I don't I don't visit very many of them for that reason because it's painful to leave um, <laughs> but um, on the other note I don't miss it at all because it's simply a structure yeah and the structure was no longer my structure my structure is much more of a universal uh, community now, and I'm in service of that universal community. And in that, the person walking their bike down the street near me is like my sister or brother. Yeah. So, uh, and and I love uh, experiencing the diversity uh, of, of people and nature and sensations. So, 
I think that it, it created a deeper quality of, of, of being present within me so that I could even enjoy this life a bit more. Well, if you think about it, Jesus didn't have any building to which he inspired people from. He went amongst the people. And this is what people need today. You know, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, nobody's going to church anymore. Well, you know, it's not about, you know, judgment and fire and fury. It, it's about hope, belief, peace and solution. And if you're not speaking to that, you're not giving the people what they need. And maybe yeah. come out of your building and get amongst the people and listen to them. Um, I did a piece this last week. Uh, I was so inspired by a YouTube I saw of a cop that went undercover on the east side of Vancouver because people in wheelchairs were being robbed. And he went there, you know, in full intent to kind of catch the robber and, and, you know, like low lives around him. And he was there for three days and was absolutely blown away of the kindness and the camaraderie and how the street people looked after one another and would give him money and give him food and have long mm. conversations with him. And he said it changed his entire perspective on life. Didn't catch the robber, but he said he learned so much more. And I was so inspired by it, I had to do a show on it because that is mm. the love of community and that we pass judgment on people because they've fallen on hard times or they've become street people, nomads, but they have their own sense of honor, their own sense of love and community and uh, and trust We've just got to respect that, don't we? And not try and make everybody be the way we think we should see it. Right. I th I think some of what is so, so powerful in our collective consciousness, especially the Western, I, I can't say I know other cultures very well, is this sense of feeling unworthy is a means to growing in holiness. In goodness mm. or compassion, and when we we kind of create an expectation that's outside ourselves, like oh my gosh, to be a nun or you know whatever the image might be, uh, we then create a gap between not just myself and another. We create a gap between myself and my deeper self. Uh, so we displace that that truth um, and laying up expectations does that. When we have an expectation of what it means to be compassionate, we have then taken a step away from the simplicity of the question of how am I compassionate in this moment? You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we put it out there, put it outside of ourselves as a way of putting ourselves down or feeling that we're just not good enough or that we can't do it or like uh, you you found when you were focusing and helping people uh, mull through the the wounds and the the emotional trauma and that, um, and we can make it so much harder on ourselves by judging. Yes. Uh, yes. There is always an answer if we're willing to hear it. There is always yes. uh, a way of doing it that suits you, that fits you. We've just got to be willing to search for it. And there is always that beautiful sense of, of meaning of life if we're willing to participate in it. It's uh, We can't just sit back and, and expect things to happen. There is no app. There's no quick pill. 
it's a journey and it's uh, it's an interactive participatory journey and uh, and it requires you to be the best you can be so you can serve your society mm-hmm. the camaraderie right yes yes don't you love all the four agreements i know that now oh, it's yes. become kind of a mainstay but yes when you're speaking that's what i'm thinking of mm-hmm. it's like the fourth agreement is do your best exactly like it's just simple just do your best <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and I love to, you know, speak your word with integrity, which is your truth. Yeah, not not the words that yes. you think others want to hear, and don't assume. Ask, because how do you know what ha- what's happened with that person if you don't ask and listen to their story? And then, um, what is the third one? I've gone blank. Oh, um, don't make assumptions. Yeah, the the, the assumption ask, then the then there's oh. the third one, and then do your very best. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Be impeccable with your word. Uh, don't make assumptions. Oh, now I'm drawing oh, a blank um, too. Don't uh, take, take take things personally. Yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah, yes. don't take things personally because that is somebody else's journey. That's somebody else's point of view. So if they come out and attack you, it's not about you. It's about the discord in their own lives. So don't take it personally. Yes. Yes, and what a challenge that is. Yes. It feels like to be connected, that to really have a bond is to take it all personally. <laughs> yes, and and sometimes you just have to know it's somebody else's mm, shit. And, you know, like yes. you can help them if they're, if they're willing to receive, but if they're just there sounding off because they're feeling discontent with their lives, uh, you don't need to accept it. It's not a gift you want. <laughs> yes. And that it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, because I think where I find many people moving is right when you do say, huh, I won't take that personally. And then you put in motion what that means, which might mean distance or it might, it might yeah. mean anything. Oh, my word, the temptation to feel guilty. Guilty yes. for not doing your part or guilty for this or, yes. Or retaliatory. And to know that actually, what's that? Retaliatory, to retaliate. Yes. You know, respond yes. back, okay. which you know, just just be quiet, take a deep breath, wish them love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very hard it, because you feel you're under the attack, and very very hard to just take a deep breath. That's where that deep breath comes in. Mm. <sighs> and you know, it. Wonderful. We do come across the challenges. People think that just because we've chosen this path and that we choose to live in spirit. And divine source, you know, uh, and in this love, that we don't have our challenges, and we do, we do have those challenges, you know, because uh, not everybody that we come across is on the same journey or in the same love, you know. And then when you are around people that are that are receptive to it and that are embracing it, as you said, it's so thoric. It's just, you know, that beautiful energy that's just flowing. Um, but you come across people that aren't and, or situations that give you a challenge and you know people forget yes you can live in divine source but still come across challenges in life that bring out that kind of human reaction it's just yeah. with this beautiful gift of love and understanding you're able to cope with it better yes I'm, I'm with you I, and we can find great consolation in that simple phrase I know it's been retranslated but Rumi who's such an illuminated mystic and comes forward with the poetry says there is within us both dark and light source and he's I think he says even the word necessarily 
There's necessarily within us both dark and light. Something about the contrast offers us the way we can evolve. Mm-hmm. So with that, that sense of challenge that's, that's present, it is so that it can be uh, a contrast to which we can move away from or yeah. many other reasons. If you haven't been in the dark, how do you know to embrace the light? The light can mm-hmm. be so blinding to someone that comes out of the dark. And, you know, it's it's coming out of it slowly. You know, yes, you're going to be chased by shadows for a while. But uh, the more and more you get out into that beautiful love of light, the more it burns away that darkness. You never forget it. You never forget where you were. You never forget the darkness and the how you felt. But you embrace more the light because you never want to feel like that way again. So you yes. work harder at keeping that light bright. Yes, yes. Until it becomes less effort. Exactly. Uh, yes. Exactly. And you know, mm. it's it's you really have to kind of look to the people around you, right? Not everybody's going to be on the same journey as you at the same time. And if you've got if you've got people around you that are the naysayers or you know want to put everything down and block your path, you really do have to kind of make a decision to go off on a different path, leaving some people behind because you can't let their um, their personal story stop you from taking on making yours. Yes, yes. Amen to that. <laughs> there would be cool if I bet there's a club out there called Yaysayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead I'd of like, naysayers, I would love yay-sayers. to see that. Yeah, definitely. Yay! <laughs> yes, <laughs> most certainly. And uh, you know, uh, uh, positive enthusiasm is only allowed. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I've got a family member who's going through something right now, and and uh, you know, everything is the naysayer. You know, oh, the house hasn't sold, or this hasn't sold, and I said it's not going to with that vibration. Um, you've just yeah. told the universe that it's not going to sell. So it's only, it's got the message. Instead of saying, you know, uh, oh, this house is going to sell and somebody's going to absolutely love it. Uh, you know, we have to be very careful of our words and our thoughts because we are the manifestors. And so we have to think very mm-hmm. clearly of what we're manifesting, right? Yes, I'm with you. So oh. your next journey... Um, uh, this is airing August 11th, so your next part, where are you going to be? Where can people find you? Right, so August uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th, I am in Ashland. I will be at the Unity Church, a Unitarian Universalist, and a nonprofit center called The Haven. And then from there, I head over to Portland, and I'm going to be on the TV show, I think it's KATU, and it's a morning show, like a Good Morning America or a Good Morning Portland show. And then I will be at the New Renaissance Bookshop and another read-through bookshop. And I think one other place. I'm waiting to hear back. Then I will skirt down to San Diego for a few things and actually skirt back to Seattle. I'll be in Seattle uh, for an awesome time at the East West Bookshop and also at Unity Church of Seattle. And then I'll be in L.A. for a few things. And then I'm a speaker at Christina Smith's Subtle Energy Retreat in San Diego. So up and down the coast. And then there's lots of little little places here and there along the way uh, that will fill 
in the pockets between those bigger cities. Wonderful. Well, you're certainly getting around, and you know that's what. Yes. You know, and you know that's, you know that's the way to do it. You know you um you can't be in your kind of golden palace and just you know demand everybody come to you. You have to get out amongst the people and give them a reason. You know as to to want to follow you or or, or to take their own journey. And I think you're doing it the right way. You know, getting out there amongst the people and shedding your light and your love and uh, showing people that, you know, this it's not such a hard journey. Right. Yeah, and I love, for me, um, it's joy to have the heart-to-heart connection. So meeting face-to-face with people uh, is not only, I think, a smart thing to do in general, but it's, it's the way that I live by. So doing it in this very simple way out of my car and, and if anybody wants to check out any of those times or, or get in touch with me, my website has everything, which is just my name, KimberlyBraun.com. Uh, there are and Braun, the by the way, there. folks, says, says B-R-A-U-N. So it's Kimberly, B-R-A-U-N.com. So people can spell it yes. right. Yes. Everything's there. And you can see, see the video that you watched and uh, all the places. that, And we can connect through all the social media channels. Yep. And, uh, so that's that's a wonderful way, a wonderful gift given to us to span the time and space that seems to separate us. And you've got uh, CDs and videos and articles and more. Everything is there. Uh, there's also EssenceMeditation.net. And phys- uh, Facebook is Kimberly Braun. Uh, Twitter is Kimberly Braun. And uh, Google is Kimberly Braun. Um, so just simply your name and they can follow you on any of those social mediums there. And I highly recommend people, folks, that it's only 11 and a half minutes that you listen to her TED Talk that I have here on the posting. It really, really uh. did inspire me a great deal. You were a beautiful, eloquent speaker and you really brought me in. It was just absolutely beautiful. But there was something at the back of my mind all the time. And I looked at you and I thought, you were a nun? <laughs> you're way too hot to be a nun love (laughs) (laughs) oh my word well thank you so much for that wonderful compliment (laughs) (laughs) but you know it just shows it doesn't matter what path we have taken it's where we are now and where we're going and you're clearly you know living your your passion your dream your conviction and uh, you know, and owning it—that's another h- huge thing, isn't it? Is owning who we are, what we believe in, what our passion is, what our calling is—is is owning it. And that's where that non-apology comes in. Own it. You are it. Not everybody's going to embrace you. That is okay. You speak to the people that are ready to hear, and that's all you're meant mm-hmm. to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Those are such inspiring words. Mm. Well, I love your message. I love the way you deliver it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's you really do live life. Um, you know, you really show people. And, you know, I think that's also a reason why you had to, you know, not be the nun anymore, because there is that distance with people. You're a nun. You're not in real life. Having been a nun and yeah. now living real life, you can really communicate with them on a level of understanding because you're participatory in life, and uh, and you know both sides of the coin, so you really can share more. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, and I am just thrilled that we have now become friends. I I really look forward to our friendship growing, to being in your community that you're creating all over the world. I I'm, I'm so grateful, and for 
your your courage in stepping forward uh, to unite us all. You're a great bunch. <laughs> I would Yay, love to have one great big huge party with everybody there. I mean, the energy would blow the roof <laughs> off. It really would. Um, but it just there are, there are people like you that are doing wonderful, extraordinary things. You are the hope. You are the solution. You are the positive energy that's going to help heal mm-hmm. this planet. Because the only way we're going to heal the planet is to heal our souls. And only with our souls being healed can we heal the heart, can we lift the spirit, and can we open the mind to the solutions that are really there. It all comes from Mm. soul and heart first, and you're a soul teacher. Mm, Thank you. And as are you. (laughs) Mm. I'm a gatherer. (laughs) (laughs) A soul hoarder. (laughs) And and I love the energy that I get from people. As you said, you you get around people and it lifts you up. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. You're just, you know, you're lifted up into that really, that glory of what is possible. And uh, yeah. in that belief and, and faith in humanity to, to do it right. And doesn't matter what we do, who we are, how powerful we are, how anything we are, if we're not doing it from the inside out and not connecting to some form of source, uh, we're not doing it right. Yes, yes. Uh, very simple and very straight, very straight. We do have guideposts out there that are straight for us. Yeah. Exactly. So the book they can get from your site as well, or is that on Amazon? Yes. It, um, the best place is to either go right to my website and click on the link there. It takes you to lulu.com, who's my publisher. 